If you're having trouble with your boobs and your belly and your thighs and your arms and ready-made clothing has lost its charms, join the group and listen to the cast about making clothes that fit and last self-sewn. Hello and welcome to the Self-Sewn Wardrobe podcast and live broadcast. I'm your host, Mallory Donahue, and uh, running just a couple of minutes late today. Uh, Good morning, Sandy. So uh, I'm running a little late because I was actually like ready really on time, and then I was like, oh, maybe I should go to the bathroom. Maybe I should put on some lipstick, like da-da-da-da-da, and then I came back, and I was three minutes late. So I was here. I was here at like 8.47, and I'm like, I am doing so well. I've done a lot of things this morning before this live broadcast, so I was feeling really proud of myself. And we all know pride cometh before the fall. So, uh, you know, (laughs) good morning, Amanda and Kim, Betsy, Lonnie, and Sandy. You're the people I saw first. Um, And good morning to Riley. I'm glad you all are here today. Uh, I I, I don't know if Noah is going to be able to make it this morning, but I'd love to see Noah. Good morning to Carmen and Marisa. So, uh, yeah, this, I've got, I've got a machine set up. I think this is the first time I've had a machine set up in the new studio. So I'm really excited about that. Hi, Jennifer. Uh, excited about, um, actually sewing on, on camera, on the live, uh, on the live broadcast. Amanda says, nice lipstick, worth being late. Thank you. I, I didn't get to put like foundation on. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Fred says, oh good, I finished blow drying my hair before live started. Yeah, I've just been thinking about my hair a whole lot. Um, I I didn't blow dry it this morning. I let it air dry and then I had it down. It looked a little like wavy, a little carefree and then put it up and I don't know. I just can't, can't decide. I might cut it all off. Hi Glenda and hi Stephanie. Um, so today, uh, before I get started whoop, on our on the project that I'm going to actually cover stitch this morning, I just want to feel free to compliment Kim on her gingers. Kim, I think they look great. I think they look amazing. I think your front crotch rise looks fabulous. I don't know how they feel, of course, you know, on you, but yeah, I think they look fabulous. I think you have a really good starting point for your first pair of jeans. You know, when you make your first pair, it doesn't always go perfectly, you know, and you learn things from them, but uh, Kim, I, I think they look great, and everybody has been making such beautiful things, uh, and uh, Ash made... Her beautiful rainbow sil- uh, silk chiffon, was it silk chiffon? Or silk charmeuse, excuse me. Uh, silk charmeuse skirt. She said she was nervous about that, and I told her to go for it. Um, I know what kind of equipment Ashley has, and, you know, sometimes things like silk charmeuse or whatever kind of charmeuse uh, can be difficult to deal with, but having some nice equipment can help with that. So, uh, you know, she, I, I knew she was going to be able to do it. She's a pretty experienced seamstress, so it's kind of funny that she was feeling a little um, unsure of herself. And then Noah, Noah is, well, I don't, you know, I know that Noah has been sewing for a while, but I don't think Noah's been sewing for, like, garments for himself for quite as long as he's been sewing other things, and he's making himself, you know, like a button-up collared shirt, and I think you're really on your way to a great shirt, Noah. And 
he listed things that he learned from the group and from Zidi about making this shirt, about not using the buttonhole placement from the pattern, about using his own buttonhole placement, used cotton organdy for his interfacing on the shirt, which, um, you know, is included in the So Here box this time round. Um... And then uh, embroidery bobbin, or embroidery bobbin, well, embroidery thread for the buttonholes, machine embroidery thread for the buttonholes, and a few other things. So still the shirt's a little tight on top. Um, I think that, you know, we'll work with fit uh, on, uh, with, with Noah, and I think, though, well on your way to a fabulous uh, tried-and-true pattern that you can use to make button-up shirts. Oh, yeah, and Karen just posted, Riley uh, Riley just mentioned, and hello, Karen. Karen just posted her dress uh, that she made, and she said that she had been feeling hesitant or afraid or whatever the word is to use the cover stitch on her baby lock evolution. And that's actually a little bit of the inspiration for my uh, live broadcast today because I made myself a skirt. Very, very simple skirt. It's not the type of garment that I generally make for myself. And this was another conversation that people are having in the group. People were asking about what's the most flattering shape for a pair of pants um, for someone. And I said, you know, I think it kind of depends. And the person who was asking was sort of describing their body shape, you know, and people were giving advice, etc. And I think for the leg of a pair of pants, it can sort of depend not only on your body shape, but on your height uh, or the length of your legs. You know, leg shape, we're talking about flared legs, boot cut, skinny, you know, or, or straight or stovepipe leg, boot cut, you know, etc. Um, you know, all of those. Uh, and the, the skinny leg and the tapered leg, these are all sort of nuancey things uh, that everybody, you know, that different pattern designers interpret different ways. And, you know, someone was saying, I'm real big on top. When I wear a skinny, like, tapered leg, I feel like I look like an ice cream cone. So it's, you know, a straight leg for me. Uh, a lot of people were saying, my thighs are absolutely my widest part, so I just want to go straight down from there. I don't want to accentuate this uh, maybe large difference between, like, the thigh down to my ankle. I love I love the ice cream cone, you know, kind of uh, shape. That's a, <laughs> that's a really good, that's a really good, uh, way to put it. Now, I'm short. So I, pert- and, and I have very short legs. Like I seem to have, mom will say this about herself too. I seem to have sort of a normal length torso, but then like really short legs. Now I have pretty, um, I, I like uh, the shape of my legs. I have pretty shapely legs. I have, you know, um, I, I feel like I like the, the size of my thighs. And then I have you know, like very curvy calves. And I like that about myself now. I didn't always like it. So I like a skinny leg. I like to sort of show that part of my body off and I will wear something that sort of covers the tummy area. Um, But I don't like a flared leg on me. I feel like the flare almost starts at my knee and like where, you know, I look kind of stumpy. A straight leg isn't so bad, um, but like a wide leg pant or a flared leg are things I'm a little hesitant about. Now, I'm not saying I wouldn't be open to trying it, but there was somebody who said like a flared leg is always the most flattering. I would have to disagree. I, I think I know where the rationale's coming from there that a flare could maybe help to balance out other parts of the body, but I personally don't think a flare is the best look for 
people like myself who are really short. But, you know, then again, I mean, <laughs> how bad are you going to look? You know what I mean? Like, how how bad are you going to look if you wear a flared leg? Like, if I wore flared leg jeans, which I, you know, I did in high school, you know. So, um, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's like, oh my gosh, this is a sin and you will never come back from it or anything like that. So, uh, Fred says, I like boot cut because it adds some volume to my lower half. I have very pubescent legs with knobby knees and ankles, so a wider leg grows my body up a bit. Yeah, so Fred describes herself as a piece of celery. Um, that is her body type and she's very, very slim. Uh, so I can, appreciate that if the shape of if the shape that you have in your legs is your knee you know <laughs> which is a joke we used to make about my sister a lot if you want to sort of fill that out a little bit that can uh that can happen so you I don't know I I give this advice but I definitely you know take the shaping advice with a grain of salt maybe try to try on some clothing uh look look around Instagram, actually. I think this is one of the great things. I know sometimes people can really idealize their photos on Instagram, uh, but a lot of times in the sewing community, people are just like, hey, I made this for myself. Check it out. And you can be like, that person kind of looks like me. I like the way the flared legs look on them, or I, I don't like the way the skinny legs look. And so I will take that into account when uh, dealing with my own body. So segue to the skirt. I made myself a long skirt. I've been, um, I'm, uh, 16 weeks pregnant now, and I've been really hating the way things feel on my stomach. Uh, this is very different from last pregnancy. Last pregnancy has a just sort of like, you know, um... I wore, I wore the maternity leggings. I'm wearing them right now. People in the live broadcast can see that they come up, like, really high. They have this kind of, like, band on them that is – it almost feels like pantyhose. Um, <laughs> and then down into, like, normal legging material. And now I'm getting so annoyed by that. and like, pushing it below my belly, and I'm like, oh, I hate this. I, anyway, so now I'm a surprise being really picky. And so I made myself a long skirt, which is something I normally don't do because – once again, I feel like it makes me look very stumpy. I feel like I look like I'm growing out of the ground. You know, it's like, here's your long torso, and then you're not giving anybody any definition to look at, and it's like, oh, then you have this skirt that goes down to your ankles. But, you know, comfort is what was on my mind versus fashion when making this garment. And so I made this long skirt out of double-brushed poly from L.A. Finch Fabrics, and it's so nice and soft and really comfy. And so I was really excited to make myself a skirt out of it. And so I just, I took my hip measurement, my the measurement around my bottom where my biggest place is down here. And I made this skirt that wide. Maybe I added an inch or so, but it's really stretchy fabric. So I didn't need to add a bunch of ease. And then I made a waistband on top uh, up here. And I ham-hotted it. If you're not familiar with that, search the hashtag ham-hot. And I ham-hotted my waistband, and I made it smaller so that it could just, you know, uh, basically like a self-waistband. There's no elastic in it or anything. It's just smaller. So see how it looks a little gathered? And then I stretch it onto myself, and it'll look like that. So I cover-stitched the hem, and this was all well and good until 
So I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm not used to wearing skirts that go down to my ankle. This is just very new to me. It's very straight up and down skirts. So there's not a lot of like flow and movement. And we have this baby gate up that keeps Zelda out of our, um, out of our kitchen. And you have to step over it. I would say it basically when I... I'm standing over it. The gate's like right in my crotch. So that's that's how high it is for me. And so I cover stitched my hem. And while the cover stitch does, you know, allow some stretch, when I was trying to get over this gate, it didn't allow for enough stretch. And I popped my stitches. And I was like, ugh! You know, oh, Erin says she's just popping in to say hi. Gotta get back to work. I was thinking about you, Erin. So I'm glad you came in. So anyway, I was, I, I popped the cover stitch on my, um, on my, skirt and I was very sad because it was like for once I went to make a garment and I finished the whole thing in one night I didn't like not hem it okay I did <laughs> I did everything I was supposed to do so I was very excited but now of course ta-da um I you know had messed up so what I'm doing here is I have my ovation and it's set up for a cover stitch and I'm taking out old thread. I just ran it out of the machine, uh, raised the presser foot. And now I'm going to thread for the cover stitch. And here's the deal. If you have, uh, especially if it's, well, I, I just can speak more for the baby lock uh, serger cover stitch machines here. It might be true for other ones. Oh, good morning to Miriam. She says it's her first time joining. I always like to see that. And good morning to Lauren. Uh, who's been around since the start of the group, huh? So, uh, but going back to serger versus cover stitch, a lot of times in people's sewing lives, they'll get a serger first, okay? Um, the serger is a little bit more versatile. It can be used for construction. Uh, serger and cover stitch machines are more expensive, or if you are going to choose between a serger and a cover stitch machine, one might get a serger first and then later get a cover stitch machine or a combination machine. So a lot of people can uh, be intimidated by the cover stitch. Oh, Stacy! Stacy finally said hi. I saw you join Stacy, and you didn't say hi. But don't be intimidated by the cover stitch. The cover stitch, honestly, is easier than the serger part. There's less to take into account. You got one looper, two or three needles, and, and that's that. And there's much less, like, I feel much less uh, to worry about in terms of tension and stuff. So don't be afraid of your cover stitch if you have one, okay? Uh, and yeah, Karen said that she was intimidated by the cover stitch portion of her serger. And I understand that because it's often seen as like an extra feature on this on the machines or it's seen as something you know, different, but yeah, it's, it really is easy. Now, something I kind of wish I would have done on my skirt is to have cover stitched with, uh, stretchy thread. Why didn't I do that? Uh, you know, <laughs> I didn't really think about it. I just did it with normal serger thread, but now I'm, I'm going to give this a shot and see how it is, uh, on my skirt, the stretchy thread. And so I've got my maxi lock stretch. That's what I'm going to thread everything up with here. Oh, and I don't have any thread heaven handy. That's what ZD likes to use. She just puts a little bit on the end here. But let's see. You're not supposed to lick this. 
Um, you're not supposed to put, you know, anything in here into these threading ports, but let's see. The stretch thread is a little bit more fibrous, of course, than normal serger thread. If you do have trouble getting it through there, and I know mom's probably, I don't know if she's watching. Um, <laughs> uh, mom's like, I never have to do anything special with that stretch thread. I just get it right through. So I'm going to give it one more shot here. The baby locks have this jet air threading, which makes them super duper nice. It's nice to have that. I am using black thread uh, on my garments. He probably wouldn't be able, he won't be able to see it as well going through the machine. Oh, there we go. I just twisted it up a little bit. Gonna smooth it through. I'm opening up the side of the machine here. Uh, P.S. I'm very happy with this camera angle. Like, can I don't know how comments show up for you guys on the live group. It the comments are kind of coming up for me over the machine, but I think for you all, you can see all this. So, uh, oh, there we go. So I press the button, and it didn't come all the way through. So I'm just getting some more slack, and then. Okay, and then here we are. My thread is all the way through my serger. And I'm gonna cut it here. For the cover stitch, we leave the thread down in the thread basket there, okay? Okay, so everybody's like, you can use Thread Heaven on serger thread. Um, this is something mom did, uh, and I don't know if it's really manufacturer sanctioned, but <laughs> she said she put Thread Heaven, um, uh, just a little bit on her fingers and put it on the thread in order to get the thread to go through. So, you know, there you are. Okay, now I need to thread my needles. Let me find my needle threader. I put it away in the place where it's supposed to go. Turn the machine toward me for a second here. Okie dokie. Oh, and what needles do we have in? Two and three. Chain needle two and three. Okay. So I've had my presser foot up this entire time. Still going to do that, okay? I like to thread the smaller number first because it's to the left. And that way you aren't working against yourself as you go. Okay. Needle number two is threaded. And then we'll do needle number three. My, the thread I put on needle number three is all screwy. <laughs> okay. I'm going to cut that off. All right. And then needle number three. Well, I said I like threading from left to right, but now I'm like, oh, now it's in my way. Okay. <laughs> um, Karen asks, what's better for a cover hem, left or right needle orientation? That does That will not affect the quality of your stitch. It is totally up to you. It's kind of about things like how you want the, how you're using like your fabric guide, how you're placing your fabric. So there are two cover stitch narrows, right? So there are three needles. So using needle one and two or using needle two and three will get you the same width of cover stitch, okay? Um, uh, but... It, it doesn't it doesn't really matter now this is something that does matter I just rethreaded my machine okay oh yeah so Kim says I use middle and right just because the guides on my machine I think it can just totally depend on your project sometimes I'm like oh, I want to use the cover stitch that's more over to the right or more over to the left um, but when you completely rethread the cover stitch on your baby lock at least um, or the chain stitch 
when you completely rethread it, you need to use a little scrap piece of fabric or you just need to start your stitch on fabric. Don't sew in the air for this first time, okay? So I've just raised my presser foot, put a little piece of fabric under there, and I'm going to sew. And now, since it's started my stitch, okay, um, I can sew off into the air. Sometimes your machine will chain and sometimes it won't with a cover stitch. It sort of just depends on what's going on. So I'm going to look here at the back. Oh, it's looking very nice. It's a little difficult to see on this plaid fabric, but uh, trust me, the back, the back looks good. Take away my thread scraps here and I drop my skirt on the ground. <laughs> Okie dokie. So since I do have that chain behind me, I'm going to raise my presser foot and actually pull uh, and, and bring my needles up. And I'm pulling a little bit on the thread because I want to get a little bit of slack, actually. I don't want that chain to be all tight because I'm actually rip, um, cover stitching in the round, right? Okay. So I just put the knee lift on my ovation. Do you all see? Look, my hands are up here. Okay, and actually one of my hands is pointing at the presser foot, and you can see that it is going up and down without me having to do anything. <laughs> so I actually, I laundered this skirt, which I, I don't know, probably shouldn't have done that, uh, but let's see, it's popped in a couple of places here. You know, it would be kind of nice if it all just came out, or maybe I'm, maybe I'm, I don't know, uh, be careful what I wish for. <laughs> But let me get to the parts that I need to just repair here real quick. You don't have to go all the way around with this cover stitch. You can just cover stitch part of it, you know. It's, it's okay. You don't have to redo the whole thing necessarily. So the knee lift is very nice, okay. Because you can use it as a third hand. So here's one place where it's been damaged. Uh, Kim says, do you keep your needle threads below the presser foot? I think brother says to bring it above, but I've had better luck with it below. Um, it depends on what foot I'm using. Um, so this one, I think it's really easy after you start, or excuse me, before you start, it's easy to put them under the foot. If not, once you begin cover stitching, they will go below the foot, I believe. So I, I don't think, I don't know that it particularly matters for me but you want you know another reason though to put them below the foot is that you don't want them to get tangled on the foot okay so keep that in mind and then I've got a little stray piece of thread here let me part of my stitches that didn't pop out completely of course when I went over the baby gate ah, there we go and I'm not using like my fabric guide or anything. I'm lining up my foot with my two little needles there and it actually lines up with a little screw hole on my table. So there we are. So I'm gonna start. Okay. Oh, and do you see how things were kind of backing up back here? There was a little piece of thread caught on my foot, but everything is fine. So <laughs> it didn't really affect my stitch. There was just my starting threads were cut, caught on the back of my foot. So there I go talking about how it's nice to not have them get caught. Okay, and then to secure your cover stitch, you can raise your needles up, 
raise your presser foot and move your fabric towards you a little bit and then like do another couple stitches. This can help. It doesn't help when you try to climb over a baby gate and completely pop your stitches. Then to finish the cover stitch, this is a really cool thing. You bring your needles up, okay? And then you can bring some thread out above your needles here. And I know that this might be a little hard to see, but this is on Melista videos to make. So I'm pulling from above, actually. I'm pulling, pulling from up where my threads live, okay, in their spools, okay. And then you can actually, um, I'm going to try, yeah. So then you can pull your threads out, your needle eyes, okay. So you got plenty of threads there, okay. Get both of them. I'm using ZD's favorite scissors here. They are a very nice pair of scissors for, they are approved to be near your sewing machine. Okay. So now I have, I have thread slack here. And if you look closely near my fingers, um, you can see that. Okay. And then I can raise the presser foot and move my fabric out of the way. And then I'll be able to, um, Clip the threads here. Whoop. Oh, Kim just commented that, yeah, it's a closed foot on her brother. And I'm going to chain off a little bit to get my cover stitch or my cover stitch looper thread out there. Yep, there we go. And now I can actually pull through my needle threads to the back and I didn't have to use a needle to do that. Okay. So that's magical. All right. <laughs> the fact that you do not have to. Uh, bring those needle threads back through with a needle at the end when you have that slack. That's so fabulous. Now, I do have my threads at the start here. I haven't figured out a way to not have to bring those back through with a needle, but you know, it, anything to make things a little easier. So yeah, at the start, I've got my little threads here and I'll bring that, those back through with a needle. But now I do have a repaired portion of my skirt here. Let me see. Are there any more spots. Nope, I think that's it. So now I have a repaired hem. Ta-da. Uh, but yeah, if so if those of you with a cover stitch machine, if you um, have ever sort of felt like it's hard to finish the cover stitch in the round or it's really annoying that you have to bring those threads back through, that's a really good tip. You're, you're, you're cover stitching in the round you stop where you've overlapped, okay, and then you can raise your presser foot, bring your needles up, and bring some slack down, and when you have that extra slack, then when you go to trim it from uh, the bottom, you actually will be able to uh, pull those threads back through, and Sandy says, live broadcast equals excuse to catch up on mending. Yes, on mending. Yes, that's exactly what this is, so now I can wear my skirt. Maybe I'll wear it with my Screw the Patriarchy shirt. And if any of you are like, Mallory's pregnant and she's wearing a skirt or a shirt that says to screw something, I don't worry. It's not lost on me. I think it's funny too. <laughs> so anyway, um, if you enjoyed this broadcast and, um, uh, you know, you can also listen to it as a podcast after the fact, if it's something that you can't make. And I do try to edit out all the little dead spaces there. I Sam does. Um, uh, <laughs> I direct people to edit out all the dead spots. Um, 
And uh, you can also leave a review on iTunes for the self-sewn wardrobe, okay? Uh, the other thing is the Sew Here box. There are just a few of them left. So if you don't know what that is, go to sewhere.com slash box. I also, I received a couple orders this morning. Um, it's not getting, I mean, we're getting down to the last few. So if you want one, if you want, you know, this this version of our sewing box where we curate special supplies for you, you need to get it. Yeah, Karen says she ordered her th hers this morning. Karen, you're going to love it. I can't wait to pack it up for you. I'm actually going to the post office today after I get off of here. So uh, make sure to do that. And, yeah, join us for our uh, other two live broadcasts during the week that happen on Wednesdays and Thursdays. So that's when I do a live broadcast, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And I hope you all get something sewn today. I'm very glad that I got my mending finished. Yes, Sandy, totally an excuse to do that. And yeah, um, thank you all for watching and uh, keep the conversation going in the group. Um, uh, yeah, Kim asks if the next box is in the works. Yes, it is. We are, um, currently brainstorming, trying to figure out, there are kind of two topics that we thought, or two themes, I guess, that we thought about for the next box, and I'm having a little trouble deciding between the two, but it's on my brain, so. All right, well, I will see you all on Wednesday and at various other times during my week uh, by stopping in at the group, and let us know what you are sewing, post some pictures. Okay, bye. If you're having trouble with your boobs and your belly 